0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm very excited to be partnering with Blue Wire Studios. In case you haven't heard, they just dropped their first original podcast, Golden Goal. The show gives you 10-minute episodes all about soccer legends and the moments that made them. Whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or a diehard fan, this podcast is a great listen for everyone. The final two episodes are live right now or binge the entire season to learn about your favorite soccer stars. Check out Blue Wire's Golden Goal, available anywhere you listen to your podcast. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Event Dynamic specializes in maximizing revenue and increasing attendance, I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to not only those individuals that want to get into this business, but for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name, each week. I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals, to talk about their career path, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your every day. Without further ado, our guest this week. Many people will recognize his name as he is all over social media on his life mission to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. He is a three-time international best-selling author, a top 100 business coach, the executive producer of Entrepreneur's number one digital business show, Elevator Pitch, and the host of the top entrepreneur podcast, The Playbook. He has been recognized by Variety Magazine as their Sports Humanitarian of the Year and awarded the Ellis Island Medal of Honor. Our next guest is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. David, welcome to the
1: show. Hey, great to be here, Travis. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, thank you. And and David, I I just wore myself out with all of your awards and accolades you have in your career, and and we're just getting started, but... You know, I want to tell a quick story, which will lead to advice from you. And so like many of our listeners, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. And every day I'm hearing your show, Office Hours, as well as listening to your podcast. And as I have started this podcast I'm very competitive, and so I've been trying to find ways to get the best of the best to be on 52 Weeks of Hustle. So I figured why not reach out to David, who not only has a mission to empower people, but you're also an elite coach and author. And so my guess is some people wouldn't have ever reached out, but I've always been taught if you have to think, think big. So, so first, David, why did you answer
1: my outreach? You know, it's so important because I teach asking for help. I believe that one of the greatest lessons that I've learned through my career is that I grew up thinking everybody was a gatekeeper. Uh, and it's a very common energetic mistake that we make, that people somehow are trying to stop us from getting what we want and doing what we need to do. And it's interesting because I believe everyone's a sponsor, a power sponsor, meaning that everyone knows somebody that can help us, or they can help us themselves and know somebody that can help us. And so when people reach out to me, I not only want to be productive, meaning to provide value and service, but I want to be accessible accessible to others, to provide value and service, and also access what I want. And so when you reached out, as many others do, I've built a platform that allows me to be accessible. I have rules like the 520 rule, and I do do exceptions, but I'm very good with my time so that I am accessible to more people, and I want to encourage more people to ask for help. You cannot out-ask the universe. Write that down. You cannot out-ask the universe, I promise you.
2: And
0: that's great advice. And, you know, a lot of times in sales, as you know, you're, you're taught to try to go big and try to go to the top-level executive. So what advice would you give to people to try to get in touch with some of those top-level decision makers?
1: Well, I think understanding why and how a top-level decision maker will engage with you is, one, credibility. Two is the emotional attachment. And then, three, if you're capable of articulating the quantitative reasons why someone should do something with you or the impact quantitatively that it will have on the business or the person. And then finally, being able to articulate the quantified capabilities, the skills that you have, the knowledge that you have, and, of course, the desire. Uh, The most common denominator of successful people is that the desire to must be what you can be. Remember, when you ask for help, when you ask someone if they know someone that they can help you with, you're giving them a, a blessing. You're giving them a gift. You're giving them a present, and you're allowing them to feel good to make that investment in you.
0: And, and that's a great point, you know, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are thinking, like, sometimes they lack just the desire to go and do it, you know, and just get things done. So, you know, David, before we get into your illustrious career, you two are an Ohio native like myself. You grew up in Akron with five siblings, always had a dream to make it to the NFL, you grew up with a single mother, you know, and you've talked about giving every penny she earned, to you and your siblings. And you've mentioned you've always focused on working harder than anyone else and really making your own luck, uh, you know, as I, I'm sure she helped drive the effort. So, you know, and it's my podcast name is Hustle. It's all about effort. So what were some of your early jobs that you had that ultimately started you down the entrepreneur track, you know, like growing up jobs?
1: Yeah, so, you know, there's a few. One, when I was five years old, Uh, you know, I lived in a very bad neighborhood and, you know, some of the older, uh, people in the neighborhood would have me run things for them. I didn't know what I was running, nor do I want to know what I was running. So that was my first entree into entrepreneurial. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, like every other kid selling baseball cards, uh, now I did have some unique jobs. I did a little bit of gardening as well, but you know, one of the things is I got into sales very early and, uh. I lied about my age, and I sold educational systems. And I think this would really spearheaded my belief that I could sell anything. Is that they bought leads from newly uh, people that were having babies before they were even born. So they bought the leads from the hospital of pregnant families, and. Uh, I would have two leads a night, and I would tell the story about how all my siblings went to the Ivy Leagues, Harvard, Penn, Columbia, and how important it was to have books to read to your stomach and then read to an infant, and basically had an educational system that was $45 a month for the rest of your life, Uh, and it would lead all the way up to owning an encyclopedia and a bookshelf. Talk about an antiquated business. Yeah. But but the commissions were huge. It was a commission-only job. And I was, you know, at 17 years old, the top sales rep, you know, selling, I think the lowest price educational system was $2,495, financed at, you know, $40 a month or whatever. Um, And there's quite a big commission on there. Uh, you know, especially for a 17 year old.
0: Oh, for a 17 year old, yeah. And, and, you know, to pitch something that's $2,500. You know, in the sports sales business, a lot of times, you, you, you're in during the interview, they'll say, hey, you know, we want to help build you to have confidence in selling a $100,000 or a million dollar suite over five years. And the look at people's face, like, holy cow, so it's a 17 year old. Very, very uh, impressive there. And so you end up going to Occidental College and then Tulane University Law School. And after after law school, you kind of your first job out of that, you start selling legal research online for West Publishing. And I read an article that that position usually intended for people with at least four years of litigation experience, but you obviously earn the opportunity right away. And so nine months out of law school, you're now a millionaire. And by the age of 32, you got a net worth over more than $100 million. What led to your successes?
1: No, it was the desire to be rich. Um, You know, I was a master of time, of statistics, of efficiency. I still am. I called it the power of 64. Uh, When I graduated law school, I figured most people on average, they work eight-hour days, you know, and I immediately decided that I would never work a day in my life, that I would distinguish my life with activities, activity I got paid for, and activity I didn't. And I was going to be productive 16 hours a day. Uh just out of mere numbers, I knew that if I could seven days a week have activity I got paid for, 16 hours a day, that I would well go beyond the comp plan that they gave me, which was, by the way, 250000 a year was my comp plan. And what I wanted to do after the 16 hours, seven days a week was double the amount of productivity by being more efficient. So I was constantly looking, I I called it looking for four minutes. I knew every place that I could save four minutes and be more efficient with four minutes would result in 24 hours of productivity in a year. And so I was always looking for how, you know, whether it was brushing my teeth, flossing them, whether it was how I put, you know, where I put my keys, my wallet, my phone, whatever it was. And then finally, I was a professional. Uh, Coming from the sports industry, I knew, and Tony Gwynn was one of my mentors, he was a great hitter for San Diego Padres, and he beat people with practice. He would study film. He, he would put the time in to be a professional. And I thought, you know, a lot of people in sales didn't see themselves as professionals. I was going to be statistically more successful so that my 16 hours of productivity turned into 32 hours of productivity with efficiency and with statistical success became 64 hours of productivity a day, seven days a week. That means I was 56 days a week productive compared to most people that were five days a week productive. So I was doing over 11 times the productivity of the average person. Now, because I didn't have a huge network, because I wasn't very skilled, I didn't have four years of litigation experience, I didn't have my own relationships and build a territory over 20 years, that I needed that 11 times advantage just to be the best but it did and it has carried out in a mathematical fashion my entire existence of being able to beat people with math.
0: Yeah, you and know, we always talk about sales is such a numbers game. and You put you know, the power of 64 to your point, and you know, my hope is, and I'm certainly here thinking about like, how do I get an extra 24 hours a year you know, and, and save those extra four minutes. And You always talk about in sales training, you talk about doing the math for your customer, but I think what you're saying right there is that you need to do the math for yourself to be more efficient, effective, and, and certainly you take the time to invest in yourself.
1: You make a really great point. A lot of people do, and, you know, not enough do even focus in on the math for their customer because you need to be able to articulate the mathematical equation that sells, which is can you the, the, the determination of why someone buys is can you get them to the litmus test of can you see any reason you won't want to move forward? And the best way to prove that is, hey, if you invest this million dollars, you're certain you're going to make two million. Can you see any reason you wouldn't want to invest a million dollars, or right. find the million dollars, or agent or channel partner, whatever it is, the million dollars? And the thing that's so funny is you need to start with your own math, right? How many places do I need to be in person, on the phone, via email, media, radio, print, TV, social media? All of those aggregate in bigger and better ways today than they ever have. You know, in the old days, you can imagine how difficult it was to be efficient in reaching big numbers when, you know, you didn't even have a calling card. I had a roll of quarters when I first started out of law school, and I would be efficient by driving four in the morning to the farthest place in my territory, strategically working my way all the way back, you know, those 16 hours, yep. all the way back to my uh, corporate suite, and in the, in the interim, in the free spaces of my calendar, I would have – a you know, regular phone booth and freezing, whether it be Indiana or New York or wherever it would be, I'd sit there smiling and dialing with a pre-prepared list of how many people I was going to call. That's after I knocked on doors because I knew I went to, look right? Everything was strategic at the time. The only difference was, you know, you couldn't reach a thousand people like I could today by asking for help because most people on average have a thousand people in their network. That was unheard of. Right, and the
0: referrals weren't that popular. Correct. Well, and to your point, I think it's, it's holding yourself accountable to doing that, right? Because I think a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, whether they want to get in this business or in this business, are like, all right, I put my to-do list every day, and now what does that mean? It's like, you know what, I'll just push it till tomorrow. But you hold yourself accountable. There's 16 hours. You're going to get it done, period, point blank.
1: Yeah, and one of the other tricks of the trade you just mentioned is getting stuff done. You know, I have a philosophy of do it now. And so when things happen, as they sometimes will, that you're not expecting, uh, you need to have a strategy of do it now, meaning that the difference between most successful, purposeful, passionate, and profitable people is that they get stuff done. And so for me, my first question when things are not planned is, one, can I do it now? And if I can do it now, I do it now. Why? Because if you do something now, 100% of the time, it gets done. It's one of the few statistics that holds true. And two, it's guaranteed to cost you half as much time as if you don't do it now because the minute you don't do something now, you now have to put it somewhere, remember to do it now, and redo it again. So it takes you at minimum half as much time, and you're guaranteed to be statistically successful at it because 100% of the things you do now get done. The difference is, like I said, most people that are successful, they get stuff done. It's that simple.
0: Yep. No, absolutely. A lot of great advice already. And and so David, you know, just a a little turn of gears here. You then go on, you continue to have a ton of success in the business world. You're lecturing around the globe, becoming a multimillionaire. You went on a rapid downward spiral that ultimately ended up in bankruptcy. You know, And, and now in sales, we talk a lot about objections or dealing with a lot of moving parts. And, but that's something deeper, you know, that a lot of people haven't. So how did you manage to overcome that?
1: You know, I'm one of the few people that hit rock bottom two years before I went bankrupt. So my rock bottom happened when I took inventory of my values uh, and realized that I had born, you know, we're both from Ohio. I was born in a world of not enough. Right, there wasn't enough food, there wasn't enough money, there wasn't enough house, there wasn't enough rooms, and everything to me, no matter what I had, I was a victim. Everything happened to me. Why did my dad leave? You know, why didn't I have a car? Why didn't I get to go to summer camp? Why didn't I have, you know, the ability to go out to eat for dinner? All these things would go through my mind. And then through empowerment, I lived in this world of just enough. Right, I was a multi-millionaire, but what I realized was I was living in a world of just enough for me. Uh, I was very uh, philanthropic, I would, everything was a trade in my life. Everything had conditions, judgments. I would give down payments to my family for houses to receive acknowledgement and recognition. I would donate to charities so I would be well known and people would think I was great. I would trade anything I would give so I could get. And what I realized two years before I lost everything, uh, and I was surrounding myself with the wrong people and the wrong ideas, was I was buying things I didn't need to impress people I didn't like. I was living in that world just enough, and then I shifted my paradigm in life two years before 2008, uh, one in which everything was going to come through me for others, that I was going to receive so I could give, not give so I could receive, and this paradigm shift was critical because I utilized gratitude to give me perspective, forgiveness to give me peace. We talked about accountability, which gave me complete control of my life. And then finally, the shift in inspiration that not only was I always connected to this great source of light, love, and lessons, but it came through me to help other people. And this is where my mission started to empower over a billion people to be happy. And, and anything that bankruptcy was pain, pain's an indicator that you have a lesson to learn, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, financial. And I had some financial lessons to learn, which I did. And immediately shifted that paradigm and taught people that you could receive to help others. In other words, make a lot of money to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun.
0: Yep, all combined together. And so hopefully that's some great advice from the listener end is don't let it get to that point. You know, I'm sure you wish you had some mentors and people like that back before 2008 happened to help you through that process and, and to not make bad decisions you know, as far as investing in things to impress people you don't need to impress.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, those lessons are still the most valuable lessons that I've learned. And I realized that pain is just an indicator that I have a lesson to learn. It's a turn signal telling me to change directions to something better, to make my situation better. And I do the same thing for others to help them find the light, the love and the lessons and everything that they do and enjoy the consistent everyday, persistent without quit pursuit of their potential to realize surround yourself with the right people, the right ideas by asking for help. Do you know anybody that can help me? And your life will accelerate and grow in a manner that you've never seen before.
0: And absolutely, and that's something of advice I've always learned, lived by. it. you know, it all starts and stops with people. You know, money, title, responsibility; those will follow as long as you surround yourself with the right people.
1: You got it, and it's the best thing that you can do. The right ideas, the right people, the right podcasts, the right books, the right speeches, the right videos. It's amazing how we inundate ourselves with our own success or we inundate ourselves with the resistance, void, shortages, and obstacles we don't want.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, David, like any successful person, you obviously have found ways to not only overcome those obstacles, but also, to your point, change your mindset to give back, empower others. So what was the most difficult part of that transition from the me mentality?
1: You know, for me, it's always the doubt. And so I have one of the key things that I teach is practicing ending fear. Uh, And so, you know, trying to listen to what I want, to vote for what I want, to not necessarily have to please other people. I learned a valuable lesson when I graduated law school, right? Uh, Just because somebody loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. Still to this day, I fight the needs of the ego, the need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, fearful, angry, guilty, all of these different feelings that have created interference and voids and shortages, and it's so Interesting how much time, resources, and money are wasted when we're focusing on the wrong thing. So I really spend a lot of time practicing ending fear. As a ferocious Buddha, I say, Ferocious about being aware of when I'm creating the interference, when I'm in the wrong trajectory, accelerating in the wrong direction, to be ferocious, to stop and then drop like a Buddha into center, neutral. I think a lot of people live their lives like the myth of Sisyphus. They spend every day pushing a boulder up to the top of the hill just to have it roll down to be at the bottom of the hill in the morning. I plateau and grow. I meditate every morning. I find my highest frequency. I utilize that as a baseline to practice ending fear, to stop, drop, and roll, knowing that when I'm in ego-based consciousness, like we talked about, my mind, body, and soul are on fire. And what you do when you're on fire, you stop, drop, and roll. And so I use a ferocious attitude to stop, be aware of the ego, Go ahead, drop down into that frequency that I found during meditation, this peace, this higher frequency. And then again, ferociously, with productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, with that power of 64, I roll in the right direction to make money, help people, and have fun.
0: And so I think listeners, you know, find the way to get to that highest frequency and, and that power of 64. And so you end up finding that, overcome all those obstacles. You end up meeting Lee Steinberg, which many people may know the movie Jerry Maguire, which was made about him. And you were hired within 48 hours of meeting with him to become the COO. Six months later, he's become the CEO of the world's most notable sports agency, you know, Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. And I think, you, you know, in one of the previous articles, you had mentioned that You believe what attracted him to you was that your business acumen, that you were basically saying, I'm not interested in representing athletics, but I'm interested in empowering them and elevating them so we can all make money together. And so what does that mean to you?
1: You I got to say, Travis, that very few people have grasped my uh, history and journey so well. And that was a key component in a very distinctive part of my life about utilizing celebrities, athletes, and entertainers abundance for this idea of more than enough, to use them as a bug light to attract the right events, the Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, Masters, Kentucky Derby, all the award shows, to attract the high net wealth individuals so that we could create abundance that not only helped all of us make money, but helped some sort of charitable purpose or cause. So everything that we did, at least Steinberg Sports and Entertainment, and then later at Sports One Marketing, always had a charitable purpose or cause that's tied into it. And whether it's on a local level, giving scholarships to college to kids or on a national level or international level, I'm the chief chancellor of junior achievement university or the unstoppable foundation building villages and community centers and hospitals and colleges and high schools in Africa to once again, elevate others to elevate ourselves. The best way to do that I found was to use these celebrities and athletes as bug lights to attract what we needed in resources in order to effectuate in an accelerated manner what we're trying to achieve, much more than just representing the athlete.
0: Right. No, absolutely. And so after Lee Steinberg Sports, you build a business with Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon, and that is Sports 1 Marketing, which you mentioned. What was the dream behind that business?
1: You know, it was really to carry on what we had started at Lee's. You know, Lee had some personal challenges. Uh, Fortunately for us, he's gone public and, you know, mentioned his disease of alcoholism and obviously being sober for over 10 years and now writing the biggest contract ever in the NFL with Patrick Mahomes. He's doing quite well. Uh, But for us, we wanted to continue this idea of how do we make money, help people, and have fun? How can we use the relationship capital of the celebrities, athletes, and entertainers? How can we use the relationships and access we have to the greatest events in sports, business, and entertainment in order to impact all of these people to create social and economic change that will be, in a long-term perspective, better for all to create more abundance, to allow everything for everyone, which I believe truly to be the uh, – vision of empowering people to be happy is to get them to live in the world of more than enough.
0: No, absolutely. And so, David, you know, my hope is that a lot of our listeners are listening in to invest in themselves and take some advice. And, you know, one of the things you've talked a lot about is make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun. So if somebody's sitting in a sales role or a leadership role right now and they're not quite into the entrepreneurship or owning their own company, like, how do, you, how do you directly tell them to, to do the same? How, do they, how can they make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun? And maybe they're not in a leadership role, or maybe they are, but they're not in an ownership role.
1: Yeah, I think there's two things. One is to understand the concept of my definition of happiness, which is you need to, no matter what position you're in, enjoy the consistent, everyday persistence without quit, Pursuit of your own potential. So what you need to do is take inventory of your values every day Ask and attract as we mentioned earlier study uh, Your calendar pay attention to give attention to what you have planned what you don't have planned and sleep and then you need to do it Now in practice ending fear and if you do those five things daily, then you will experience what I call acceleration and exponential growth now Patience and faith is needed to understand how things accelerate and grow. And the reason that patience and faith is needed is that our own perceptions, our own senses are stupid. We cannot see incremental growth. Uh, And so what we see, touch, hear, taste does not recognize the growth that we're having. And our memories can't remember where we were, so we have no idea that we're pursuing and growing and and experiencing this unbelievable enjoyment, so we feel stuck. And the analogy I give, I tell the story about the lily pond, and I think this is analogous to how people's careers and their personal objectives go, is if your life goal, your mission, was like a lily pond, and a lily, one of those lily pads, they double every year. And let's say that your goal... Uh, was a 30-year pond. And so I told you that the lilies will double every year, and after 30 years, your pond will be full, and you will meet your objective. The problem with perception and memory is that most people, if I ask them, when do you anticipate on being halfway there, they would say 15 years. And most people don't have the patience. They don't have the consistent, persistent habits and disciplines in order to effectuate that. But the sadder thing is, is that it's not 15 years. It's 29 years, right? If it doubles every single year, you're not halfway there until 29 years. You're only a quarter of the way there in 28 years and only an eighth of the way there in 27 years. So that's why 99% of the 99% quit. Yep. That's why, because they don't know, they don't trust, they don't have faith and patience in the acceleration. And the reason they don't have faith and patience in what they're doing is they're not enjoying it because they're not finding the light, the love, and the lessons in what they're doing and being consistent. And if I can teach people to do that, to have faith and patience, to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit, not only will they achieve what they want, but in year 31, they'll be 200%. In year 32, 400%. So they'll experience the hockey stick, the exponential growth that I've continued to experience my entire career. And the cool thing is, is if you stick to it, it usually doesn't take 30 years. It accelerates, so it's one year, then eleven months, ten months, nine months, and it happens faster and more accurate, accurately than we ever could imagine.
0: And you, know, you you mentioned there the first thing first is you got to have a passion for it. You got to have a want for it. You know that's why ninety nine percent of it they don't work out. You know you want to be in that one and- percent. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? BetOnline has future odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. We're here on 52 weeks to hustle. The guest today, David Meltzer, co-founder of Sports One Marketing. So, you know, in the sales business, we talk a lot about elevator pitches and telling your story. So, 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 what is yours for Sports One Marketing?
1: Uh, for my elevator pitch, yeah. yeah. So, for my elevator pitch for Sports One Marketing is simply to bring the right people and the right ideas to the biggest sporting events in the world in order to effectuate raising money for charity and making money uh, for all involved uh, to help more people and have more fun. Very simply, you know, we qualify every venture of ours by how big of an idea it is, how many people it can impact, how much money it can make, and does it have the backdrop of something that we enjoy. So that's why we've always – utilize the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl, the Masters, Kentucky Derby, the Breeders' Cup, the ESPYs, Emmys, Oscars, Grammys. All the things that we enjoy have been the backdrop. You know, sports is not a profession, uh, right? It's an industry. Sports is not a job, right? So you have to focus in on your skills, your knowledge, and your desire with the backdrop that you want. And so we at Sports One Marketing find all the – top people in the world, with the top charities in the world, and in the top backdrops of the world in order to effectuate making money, helping people, and having fun.
0: That's great. And I think for all of our listeners, again, maybe you're not in the entrepreneurial world, but challenge yourself of what is your own elevator pitch? You know, what are you bringing to the table each and every day? And so, you know, David, with Sports One Marketing and other roles you've had, you've created a platform that uses, you know, four overarching principles, gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication. And you then utilize that platform to mentor everyone from college students to C-level executives and everyone in between. And I, you know, I've read you've been quoted of saying that these four principles in everyday practice allow you to live your mission. And that is, again, to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. So why are those four principles so important to you?
1: You know, if you take them individually, you can see that, number one, gratitude is so important because your perspective is so important. We intend everything that's in our lives. We give meaning to everything that's in our lives. And the meaning that we give it is through our perception. There's only one lens that controls our perception, and that's gratitude. If you have a gracious lens, if you can find the light, the love, and the lessons in everything that you do, uh, right, it's very difficult. It'd be nice if I could just tell everyone out there that's anxious, depressed, suicidal, hey, just look at the glass half full or look at it as overfull, But it's really a practice to teach people to find the light, the love, and the lesson. So gratitude is the most important habit. You know, in fact, I tell people if they can say thank you before they go to bed and when they wake up for 30 straight days, I guarantee quantifiably, profitably, that they will change their life. The second is forgiveness, which is empathy. And the reason that's so important is we waste so much energy. We don't realize that we are already connected to the extreme power source in the world. And that if we don't have forgiveness, forgiveness allows us to undo all the untruths. Forgiveness, we don't forgive other people because they deserve it, because we deserve it. It actually allows us to have peace, to live in neutrality, to live in the flow, to utilize that powerful source, not only clearing connection to what we're connected to, but everything that's connected to us. Forgiveness is the golden key to that. and Combined with gratitude, we now are on our way to being accountable, meaning being in control of our lives. The cool thing about accountability, it's really simple. It's not liability. It's not responsibility. Accountability is much bigger. Accountability says two things. One, what did I do to attract this into my life? And most importantly, what am I supposed to learn from it? So it reinforces the peace that we get from forgiveness as well as the gratitude of finding the light, the love, and the lessons. When you combine those three things, the fourth thing, which has shifted the paradigm of value to me is effective communication, which is so important in sales, Travis. Yep. Because not only are we communicating with everyone else, the value, but we actually, most importantly are communicating to that source of light, love and lessons. How, how, Can we get rid of that interference, those voids and shortages, the meanings and intentions that we don't want in our lives? How can we find the superpowers in everything we do, say, and think? How can we find the superpowers in everything that we're connected to? A tree has no branches. One branch would not go to war against another branch, but yet we find all this interference. We find the gatekeepers instead of the sponsors and power sponsors in our lives. And so if we learn to effectively communicate, we can live in spirit or inspired and then we can utilize that motivation to convert to even more inspiration, to inspire others, to inspire others to be happy.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And you, you talk a lot about inspiring others. And I think that leads kind of the next question. You, you, you've mentioned you, you've done a lot of global speaking. You, you've run uh, and, and worked with a lot of serious entrepreneurs, including you know, Steve Jobs. And so what are some of the characteristics of some of the most successful people that you've worked with and helped develop? that always stand out? What are some of those key characteristics?
1: Well, the number one uh, common characteristic, and this is true with the hundreds of interviews that I've done on the playbook from the biggest names in sports, business, and politics, and and social life, thought leaders, it's the uh, ability that you must be what you can be. That's the number one uh, characteristic. Uh, The other then would be gratitude and forgiveness and accountability, Uh, but the number one common denominator is that people that must be what they can be are accelerating and growing. That they have the faith and the patience. They wake up to be. They must be their higher self, and they must walk the walk and enjoy that consistent, persistent pursuit of their higher self. I love it.
0: You know, must be what you can be. I just wrote that down, underlined it. I mean, that that's something you know, kind of words to live by every single day. You know, is you know, because you talk about a lot. Is you know, in, in some of your podcasts, like how do you figure out a way to dominate your day every day? Um, and, and get wins, even if they're small wins, you're still winning. Um, you know, so David, this conversation could obviously continue to go for hours. You have some great stories, great advice. I know we're running low on time, but you know, finally, you're a three-time international best-selling author in addition to your podcast, your business. So back to your main thing that you mentioned in 2008, you, you really started to understand why is it so important for you to get to that point of empowering over 1 billion people to be happy?
1: So happiness is the key. Uh, Happy people don't get sick. They don't attack other people. They live in abundance. They live in a world of more than enough. And my life goal was just to be happy myself, as I learned, and move forward in my own life. And when that started working in my favor, I started realizing, wow, how can I create a collective consciousness, not an individual consciousness of happiness? What would the world be like if people weren't happy? And how much abundance would we share? What would this place in in existence be? And so I did the math and kind of reverse engineered backwards. You know, what if I could find a thousand people like Travis Apple that I knew in his lifetime could impact a thousand people to impact a thousand people. A thousand times a thousand was a million. A million times a thousand was a billion. If I could teach and empower and enlighten a billion people to be happy, we could create this collective consciousness. And I actually, as an individual, a humble individual, who's just trying to do my best and be happy myself by empowering other people to be happy, I could actually change the world. And going back to the original lesson that we like to teach about asking, you know, you can't out the universe, and so I have full faith and patience in the fact that I will not out the universe, and I am asking for a happy universe with happy, healthy people. Happiness is the greatest disease that's ever created. It simply can be shared by witnessing it. It will strengthen you mentally, physically, and emotionally. It actually will strengthen your immune system, so it will protect you against all other diseases. So there's nothing you can say about happiness, which is why it's my ultimate goal of empowerment.
0: And so, David, along the the happiness, right, it's easy in sales to have a lot of tough days. You know, specifically in sports sales, it's like we're not selling in necessity. You're working late nights and and long hours. You're working nights and weekends. And so I'm sure you've come across when when your your venture is to empower these people to be happy, they're just not happy at at that point. So, like, what advice do you give to, like, really find that inner, inner working of saying, you know, here's the first part is you've got to invest in yourself to make sure you want to be happy
1: yeah so the what is very important? so many people get lost in the why, especially if they're pursuing careers in sports because they have all type of mixed up emotions about what they're doing and is sports a job, is it an industry, is it a backdrop? you know, so I have people focus in on their what and it is what is it that you want and are you enjoying the pursuit? of that what consistently and persistently. Are you detaching your emotions from the outcome and attaching your emotions to the journey, to the pursuit? You know, I joke around. Chris Gardner is a friend of mine. They did the movie with Will Smith called The Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. And I always tease him. I said, there is no pursuit of happiness. Happiness is the pursuit And that's what I try to teach those people that sit there and tell me that they have shortages, voids, and obstacles, interference. They can't, they feel stuck. They feel sad or whatever it may be. I said, let's just shift your perspective and let's enjoy the pursuit. Let's find out what you truly want and then let's pursue that to the best of our abilities, with the attitude that you must be what you can be by increasing your skills and your knowledge, by detaching your outcome and your emotion to that outcome, and attaching your emotions to the journey.
2: You know,
0: and David, you mentioned like continue to to think about how you're going to get better. And you, you you're a best-selling author. You've wrote several books. I know you read a lot. You listen to a lot of podcasts. You obviously have had, you know, 400 plus, you know, people and high level executives on your podcast. Like what is advice advice you give to, to some of our listeners that are like, hey, I want to find a way to invest myself. Like what should I read? What should I listen to? Who should I reach out to? What, what does that look like for you?
1: Well, I think, you know, for me, I have my own books. I think Think and Grow Rich uh, is a great place to start. I still read that every day. The Power of Intention on the intention side with Dr. Wayne Dyer, of course in miracles on perspective side. But moreover, I think finding mentorship is key. You know, I do a free training every Friday for the last 20 years uh, to help people, to mentor them, but really to help them understand, look, find someone that sits in the situation that you want to be in. I always joke around, but the fastest way to get what you want is to find somebody with it and ask them either for it or how to get it. Those are the two fastest ways. There's no reason that you have to actually go through the dummy tax and pay the dummy tax to get there. You yourself can simply find somebody that has what you want, ask them for it, or ask them how to get it.
0: And listeners, be sure to, to sign up for, to David's point, the free training. Every Friday, it's a great thing. And then you do always the recap email, so which is great. And you know, this has been great, David. And to close it out, I always like to put guests on our hustle hot seats. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right, so if you were a wrestler, what would be your entrance theme song?
1: Oh, Rocky for sure.
2: Okay, I love it.
1: Why is that? It's the most inspirational movie that I, I just, I am literally identify and resonate. I've watched Rocky a hundred and some times. That's
0: awesome. Next one, what is your favorite item you have purchased this year?
1: Uh, a community center in Africa um, to, to help. The Unstoppable Foundation.
0: And how, like, so I guess to expand on that a little bit, how did that come about? And why was that so important to you?
1: You know, it's by, it's the idea of money doesn't buy happiness, but money's super important. If you buy the right things, you're going to be happy. And so for me to empower that many people and see the impact of thousands of people worldwide because we're sharing in our culture from, you know, Ninth graders all the way up to, you know, elderly now that are sharing what they all have learned. The older people from the traditional side of Africa to the younger people that now are implementing technology and all types of other things that nobody, I'm I, just by far the most impactful thing that I've ever bought.
0: That's really impressive and, and certainly appreciative. You're going to sail around the world. What's the name of your boat? <laughs>
1: That's a good question. Uh, Gratitude. Okay. Why is that? Because gratitude's everything. If I'm going to sail around the world, I want to have the right perspective. I want to find the light, the love, and the lessons in my journey.
0: And that's obviously one of you know the first one of your four key principles. So that that certainly makes sense. I assumed when I was going to ask the question, I was going to get one of those four.
1: Right. (laughs) And, And
0: so so finally, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you would give every listener to be in your shoes one day?
1: Um. The three key takeaways to me are, one, take inventory of your values every day, personal, experiential, giving, and receiving values. Ask and attract. Ask how you can be of service or value and ask for help. Ask, do you know anyone that can help me? And then finally, practice ending fear. Uh, If you could do those things every single day, taking inventory of who you are and not being afraid of being a hypocrite, if you're asking and attracting and practicing ending fear, Abundance will be there for you. You will live in the world of more than enough, more than enough of everything for everyone. And once again, be happy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that I knew that was going to end up coming to the end, right? Is be happy. And if you, you do all those, especially that practice of the fear and, and reach out, like you're going to be successful in whatever you do. No so, doubt. David, thank you so much. What an amazing career you've had, more of an amazing person. You've mentioned your life's mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. And, and, you I think this simple yet powerful message uh, has led you to an incredible journey to to provide that one thing, and that's value. And so I I know here on the 52 Weeks to Hustle, a lot of our listeners have gotten a lot of value out today. So I certainly appreciate that. And, you know, you mentioned over the last 20 years you continue to give free weekly training to empower others to be happy. We talked about it. Be sure to sign up. For the free trainings be sure to listen to David's podcast the playbook and, and read all of his books so David thank you great advice really appreciate your time and expertise
1: thanks Travis let's do this again I appreciate absolutely. it
0: absolutely well thank you so much and again this is Travis Apple thank you for listening to 52 Weeks to Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. please be sure to follow the podcast and watch on YouTube we're also on Twitter and Instagram so follow us at 52 Weeks to Hustle we'll be back next week with another industry leader have a great week Thank you.